This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything built in Keenstones. Well, Joe, um, after after the absolute chaos that was last weekend, it was quite nice to have uh, just the one game on the Saturday at Stadium MK and by the sounds of it, a pretty routine win against a pretty informed team. But how are you? Yep, no, all good, all good. Um, yeah, a fairly tame weekend, uh, weekend and maybe uh, a bit of calm before the storm given the uh, upcoming schedule and... Uh, the running, so to speak, starting pretty soon, I guess, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, a fairly tame week, I guess. Yeah, I say one of the running is a point that we've got to mention tonight, actually, because it's a, it's a pretty intimidating one. But obviously, you know, I think I think our lads will all get it done ultimately. But yeah, obviously, sailing count Saturday against Newport, um, a side that you know we thought could pose some threats to Don's overall. Um, I felt, I think, the consensus from us is that we would win the game, but we didn't really know how convincing it would be. But uh, to score, to score three goals in seventeen minutes and be free to up before the thirty-minute mark was, uh, I think, beyond both our expectations. Um, obviously, Kemp, Payne, and Gilby all get on the score sheet of us. Some pretty unselfish play from Stephen Wern on some of the goals, but yeah, I mean, a really, really impressive performance overall from the team. Um, we're getting some individual points later, but whether it be obviously playing through the lines through some, through some intricate play or some clever set pieces from the training ground. Um, yeah, a really, really impressive way to shut down what you could say is, apart from us, the, the best team in the league on form-wise. And I think Williamson makes a point that actually in this press conference and the fact that over the last six, they are the best team in the league on points at least. So, yeah, really, really impressive win, I thought, overall. And, you know, it, I think Joe, it sets up quite nicely, as you mentioned, with the run-in. Um, obviously, the likes of... AFC and Mansfield this week alone, but also Mansfield again coming up. Um, Crew, of course, Salford, who are an informed team. It's a it's a good way to set set things moving forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, as you say, it's quite emphatic, really. Um, I think I've kind of leaned on the fact of well, you know, we played Newport earlier in the season and we did do quite well against them. However, yeah, we really just it was it was almost a perfect storm in the fact that. Almost everything we did came off straight away. Um, but I think for me, one of the most impressive things as well was I think they only had four or five shots in the game. And we had two disallowed in the second half as well. So we didn't just rest on our laurels. And sometimes with our style of play, it can be you know, you know, maybe laborious and we have to grind down a team. 
But I mean, that's how glorious it is when it, you know, it all works, everything's connected, and it was, yeah, superb. A goal from a set piece as well. So, you know, not all goals from set pieces are, have to be lump, big lumps into the middle and, um, and uh, you know, a, a header from 10 yards into the top corner with a six foot five centre back getting, getting on the end of it. No, it can be, you know, nice, neat, intricate play. Um, and that's fantastic to see adding a different facet to our game. Although I think we have actually been quite good from set pieces this season. Um, but yeah, I think Dan Kemp as well, I'm sure we'll get onto this. It's really good to see him getting into the sort of form, which I think we expected. But, you know, again, it's it's, it's important to remember that he's coming into a completely different team, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. A completely different team, a completely different role in many respects. Obviously, I think with Swindon, he was actually more of a central 10, wasn't he? Whereas... In, in the Don's team, he's asking to play not only as a wide 10, but a, a wide 10 that was at the start just basically doing a pressing and keeping that high press up. And I think he's he's finally sort of adapted to that, whereas also now he's been involved like, more intricately with the build-up play. You know, and in some respects, the, the injuries, uh, unfortunately, to Max Dean has sort of unleashed the likes of Stephen Wern and, and Dan Kemp's attacking potential as well, because relying on those two guys in particular, as well as the rest of the forward lines to get some more goals in them and I think in particular, as you mentioned, Joe, with Kempe and obviously Stephen weren't getting the two assists. Um, those guys are contributing ultimately and, it, and it's fantastic to see. And obviously when Max Dean comes back, which we're hoping to be towards the end of the campaign, um, you know, he's going to be obviously getting some fitness at the start, but coming into a team who is, you know, firing with goals and really, really enjoying themselves on the pitch and off the pitch as well. And, you know, in, in the form of unform of the season, really, and heading into... Albeit a tough schedule, but a schedule where you know we're facing the best of the best, and that's what they say sometimes. In order to be the best, you've got to beat everyone around you and, and beat the very best teams ultimately. So, yeah, very promising. Um, Kempe was fantastic. I think you know, Stephen Wernjo, obviously, the club highlighted him in, in their socials with six goal contributions in six games since he's obviously joined the club and come back from his little minor injury that he had um, in the first couple of weeks he was here. but Obviously, played for Mike Williamson at Gateshead, has um, come into this Don's team under Mike again, and is, yeah, it's, it's quite an introduction. It's one of the most, more impressive introductions I've, I've seen from a January signing at the club, really. It's been really impressive, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's the fact of, I think he's brought the best out of players around him as well. And, you know, we've seen um, maybe some subpar performances from the attacking unit at Bradford and perhaps in a couple of games beforehand. But actually, what we've actually seen is that this attacking unit has now started maybe three or four games in a row together and they're starting to get that understanding. You can, you know, Harrison, I think it was at Barrow. You, you, uh, yeah, Barrow, we had Harrison, um, Kemp and Gilby. Then at Bradford, we had Tezgel, Kemp and Gilby. And, you know, we just kind of, we, we for three or four games, we just had an inconsistent lineup at that top there. And then now we're seeing that with three or four games where you've got a consistent lineup in that final third, you know, players are actually able to form relationships. The three of them look like they've got a skill set which really complements each other. And I feel like um, Wern actually plays in a way that is really quite similar to how Max Dean had success in that, Yes, he does get involved in the build-up play, but a lot of what Max Dean does is he likes to run in behind so the defenders 
you know, aren't going to be pressing forward as much because they know that that Wern has the pace to go in behind and um, expose the high line if they do choose to play that way. But also, he doesn't let them have a moment's rest. He leads the press. And, you know, so Gilby's not far behind. And another thing with Dan Kemp is, even when his attacking output wasn't great, at least Dan Kemp was putting a shift in. You know, you could say that, for, you cannot fault him for that. You, the attacking output has been coming the last three or four games, but, you know, he has been working his socks off since then. And uh, I think Wern's just added that little bit of extra quality on the ball. Um, he's made an impact off the bench. And I think, you know, we were maybe frustrated in coming straight away, but I think if the club had rushed him back and put him in early and then we, and then he was out for six weeks, we'd be moaning that the club were rushing him back, wouldn't we? So um, absolutely, I think it's one of them where it was very frustrating, but we knew he came in injured. The club did say explicitly, look, he's a few weeks off. Um, we got teased with him at Gillingham, didn't we? The cameo off the bench and then we were all <laughs> sort of like, oh, we didn't see him for three weeks or so. But yeah, it looks like he's a really shrewd addition and, um, complements the front the you know the attacking unit really well and has some attributes I think that are you know I think are really useful for how we want to play don't you think yeah yeah I mean that, that second assist for um for Gilby's goal really emphasizes what you were talking about there obviously the 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 sort of swinging ball across the right hand side where we managed to beat his man and obviously get control of the situation and lay it off for Gilby for a simple finish and finishes off the game but yeah, no, I think he's I think he's been absolutely fantastic and the player who yeah, it's it's a real fine for the National League and obviously it's a, it's a uh, sort of league that Williamson's involved in quite heavily over the last couple of seasons and clearly wants to invest in. And uh I think so far it's paid off quite nicely. Um I want to touch on another point. So we got on to the AFC game on Saturday, which is obviously a massive game. Um the defence I thought was really solid. Obviously it was a backline that had a bit of change in it because I was due to D Lewington's um red card, but Obviously, Dan Harvey, Warren Horror, and Cameron Norman, who obviously was a, a nice see, nice to him in the back line after obviously a potential injury that he did have, which luckily was only a, a little bit of a knock. Um, but I thought those three as as a trio really, really did, did really well in terms of keeping that sort of structure really nice and tight. Obviously, when he came up against someone like Will Evans, who obviously just scored his 20th league goal of the season midweek, you know, he's he's no mug basically. Uh, and I felt that particularly Dan Harvey really, really bossed him about a fair bit and. I think, you know, obviously Dan has his ups and downs on his team. I think he, he knows that more than anyone. But I think when he's got that nice structure of, of bait and um, and pain in front of him, was alongside him. And obviously with Cameron Norman, who's a, I personally think quite a similar personality, but also similar player as well as terms of Dan. Um, it seems to be complementing those three quite nicely as well, but Dan in particular for me. Yeah, I mean, I've been probably annoyingly for a lot of people, banging that this drum for a long, long while. Um, I thought Dan Harvey was exceptional at Bradford, even given the result. Um, I don't think he was too great at Barrow, but at Barrow, he was having to play at left wing back. Um, and, he, and, you know, we've I think we've basically said, I think it was the Walsall game. Um, he played left centre-back and you... This is Walsall back in... October, September, something like that. Yeah, it was like October, right? Yeah, it was nil-nil, but I just that was the first game under Alexander where genuinely I thought, wow, we actually look quite good this game. And Ellis Harrison, I think he had like seven shots and didn't score blessing that game. <laughs> but yeah, I just remember 
the sort of the level of dominance. And I just thought that left centre back role just suits Dan Harvey so well because he's you know he can get forward and he's he's comfortable on the ball. However, he's not Tomlinson, right? And I think and then there's nothing wrong with that because Tomlinson equally isn't that good of a defender than what you know than what um, Dan Harvey is. And I think we're really seeing now that Dan Harvey. He can have a real impact in that left centre-back channel. I think, you know, him and Lewington have been sharing that role, which is fair enough. And, um, you know, I think Lewington can... He he does a lot of what Lewington does as well. I think Lewington's maybe slightly better on the ball, but I think, especially defensively with maybe the recovery pace, I think Dan Harvey's a really secure player to have there. And he, a lot of the time, you know... Was is in the middle and was you know was plays the sort of the simple passes. Although what I, was one thing was has done is he was is pretty good at you know the switch of play or the long ball up. Um, you know I think in you know the AFC game it was might have been was that actually played the, the long balls through for for uh, Max Dean. So what was has got that in his locker. But a lot of the time was might play the simple ball across to Harvey and Harvey's the one that you know sort of gets the attack gut ticking and always looks to play it forward and um, I think that's really important with getting our attacks going and yeah I I, I think Dan Harvey's been brilliant this season when he has played um, obviously he's had a an injury in the middle took him two or three games to get back up to speed but how often do we say Liam that you know people are very quick to jump down people's throat I mean people were saying Dan Kemp, oh, he's, he's shy. What's he doing? Get him out. People were saying, um, you know, this, that and the other about maybe bait. They were saying, oh, God, this guy's lightweight. What's he doing here? You know, two or three games later, and bait looks absolutely what we thought he might look like. But, oh, guess what? It might. It took him a couple of games. So, um, yeah, it just seems like um, we're really getting a bit more of a settled 11 now um, after sort of a period in January, start of February, where we were having to basically patch together teams. So, yeah, no, it's really good to see that Dan Harvey's back and hopefully um, he, he can stay fit for the rest of the season because I think he'll play a key role. Yeah, yeah. And obviously not only on the pitch, but I think off the pitch, Dan is that sort of personality that you need in that dressing room. I think he's got such passion for, obviously, not only selling in his career, of course, as a professional footballer, but... In terms of obviously, I think he, I think he does. He's one of the few players in the different dressing room that does actually get the fan base quite well, and I think he knows that we need uh, them to do well, and he needs us as fans to do well in terms of supporting the boys and sort of getting them through each of these games. Um, so yeah, no, it's really important that obviously he's on the pitch. I think for me, and obviously in that role, as you mentioned, Joey seems to be performing really, really well and um, keeping out, you know, a club legend in Dean Lewington out when he's not suspended. So. Um, it's no mean feat that for sure, and um, even they are rotating those two. It's it's a nice little, little spot to be in, um, and yeah, I mean, I think with with certain players you mentioned about Bate and, and Harvey and some others and Kempy also, like I think that's a section of the fan base as a whole. Obviously, we're quite a, we're quite a demanding sort of set of fans, I'd say, as a whole, and sometimes there's like a lack of like patience, I'd, I'd say, from some groups of the fan base. But I think. I think it's gotten better over the years to some degree. Obviously, there's still some areas where it's not, but um, that's the style of football we're going to play. And it, I think the whole the whole style of play requires patience sometimes. And I think um, some of the fan base is used to when the club was originally here and it was a bit more like uh, route one and a bit more just get the results and worry about the rest of it later. Whereas obviously now we're a lot more process-driven. 
um, a lot more of um, sort of behind the scenes as well and days driven as well. So it's a, a change of philosophy from maybe when we first were a football club, but um, it's the right one for me. And I would see it'd be one that will continue moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at, especially even in the last sort of five years, when we've had the best success, it's been basically when we trusted Russ. We, you know, with Russell Martin, a lot of people did say, and they levelled at him the criticism of, you know, oh, he's only finished sort of mid-table with MK. But that was like our best finished in, in sort of since we got promoted, basically. And, you know, we went from staying up one year to... Okay, yeah, mid table, we're building, we're building, we're building. And then, you know, he constructed that team, which then Liam Manning went on to take and to finish third and miss out on goal difference on promotion. And I think sometimes you just have to take it and go through the pain. And it is a process, isn't it? And I think, um, you know, considering Mike Williamson's had one transfer window and, the, you know, who did he bring in in, in January? We brought in Dan Kemp, who took a few games he's now well up to speed and looks absolutely spot on and perfect for this system same with Lewis Bate yeah a couple of sub appearances you know made a mistake I think in one of his first couple of games and yeah it was um Morecambe right mm. um the goalkeeper again you know a goalkeeper is a difficult one because obviously um Philip Marshall is out with an injury but Michael Kelly's come in Again, maybe took one or two games, but he's looked really comfortable. And I think Philip Marshall, if given the opportunity for the rest of the season, will do that. But, you know, I've, I think Michael Kelly, he's, he's not done anything wrong, really, to warrant uh, Marshall coming back in. But we, we, obviously, that's a different debate, isn't it? And then was it Tez Gale came in as well? And Tez Gale came in, I think we all know, for, for that third or fourth option. But, but, but you know, showed some really nice... Uh, mo- mo- he's, he's had some really nice moments in the limited cameos he's had. And, you know could be a really vital player, especially off the bench um, for the rest of the season. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, as soon as, you know, we, you know, uh, obviously in the summer, you'd like to think Williamson's still here and hasn't been poached. <laughs> um, but, you Please know, no. a pre-season, not necessarily for the tactical ways, but just, you know, getting his players in the, in the building um, and building, building from there, then, um, you know, we can see even more progress and, um yeah, it's. I think just you know, in terms of the general point as being process driven, I think sometimes maybe we went a little bit away from that. You know, we kind of chased it. I think with with Graham Alexander, and we sort of, and I don't think Graham Alexander was all bad. I think he has done some good things, and I think we've Absolutely, seen. Bradford, yeah. I think we've seen at Bradford that he is clearly not a total. You know, he's not a failure. He's not a bad manager. However maybe just didn't suit us. And I think we realised that. And I think we realised, okay, well, what's brought success in the past, right? It's by backing a certain philosophy and sticking with that philosophy. And I'm really glad that, you know, the club have um, done that. So, yeah, things are looking good. And I think even if, you know, I know, I mean, I guess maybe should we transition into talking about the running now? But I think one thing is context, right? And since, since, Mike Williamson's come in. We have had the best record in the league. We we have been the best rec- best team in the league for I think it's twenty twenty one games he's had in the league now. So for virtually half a season, we've been the best team in the league. Now I think it's important to remember that if we do miss out on automatic promotion, we're in a very good position. But so far, that's all we are in. We we need to still do the hard yards. And I think you know one th- thing that is quite daunting but also exciting is that the fixture list is bloody 
quite hard and quite daunting. Yeah. However, well, if you're going away to Mansfield and you beat Mansfield, that's a direct result which impacts our position and really does put the cat amongst the pigeons, so to speak. And, uh, well, are we the cat in this instant? Yeah. The pigeons are in... We're, we're the, the cat, the, yeah. The pigeons are the first, second and third, and we're the cat that <laughs> wants to try and get in and amongst them. And um, we've positioned ourselves well. Now it's about the execution. But, um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's it's got its benefits and its drawbacks having a lot of the games against teams in and around us, hasn't it, Liam? Yeah, we're we're a Tom and they're Jerry, mate. I think that's the that's the reference you're after. Um, they're trying to set us. Jerry always seems to win. <laughs> <laughs> Tom just gets, Tom just seems to get himself hurt after time. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, we do we do occasionally, um, and obviously we've been in this position before. I'd say where I'd say we're quite unquote the best team in the league, um, and obviously we've. We fell on our face a little bit um, when it comes to certain games, but you know I'm hoping that isn't the case again this year. And I think, to be fair, in reference to that that League One season when we had the likes of Twine, Parrot, etc., I think in terms of the league we're in, the players we have, this team as a group is stronger than that group um, in terms of the quality of player, um, in terms of the league as well. And yeah, you, you mentioned March. I mean, obviously we've got AFC on Saturday. Uh, we've got Mansfield, Salford, Grimsby, Crew, Stockport, Warsaw, which is uh, very tough, very tough indeed. Obviously, uh, Salford flying in the Carl Robinson, our former manager. Obviously, Grimsby. Whilst we did beat them at our place, they're not they're not a bad team under our tail, really. Crew obviously flying in third. Stockport also flying top of the league, and Warsaw back in the playoffs now in seventh. Um, it's yeah, it's a very tough run in. Um, but as you mentioned, Joe, you know, ultimately, you know, we're the we're the ones, to, we're the best team in the league right now. Like, and that's we're not saying that because bias, it's it's factual. Like that, that the points and stats prove it. So we shouldn't be fearing any of those teams. As you mentioned, if we get even if we get four points from these next two games against Mansfield and AFC, that's that's a really really good return. I think and it gives us a good stable moving forward because. As we've seen at the moment, obviously Rex have dropped off a little bit, and I think it's bound to happen with one of Mansfield or Crew or even Stockport. They drop off some in some respects, so I think there's plenty of opportunities to get back into it. It's just making sure that we personally don't drop up our performance levels and making sure that we get those points on the board as well. Yeah, absolutely, and I think as well, even if we do, even if um, you know Stockport and Mansfield do rekindle the sort of form that saw them in the top two in the first place. Um, it's important that we make sure that we, you know, we want to be in the best possible shape if we do end up, if it is the playoffs, which we have to go into. Because I think one thing that happened under Liam Manning was, again, we came from so far back and it was a miracle we were even in contention for automatic promotion that when it actually came down to it, it was almost as if we were absolutely so gutted on the final day. It was hard to actually change our focus over to the... Uh, playoffs, wasn't it? I think so often you do see a team that finish that loses out just on automatics. They do sometimes struggle when it goes into playoffs. So, yeah, I think it's just a bit of context and actually think, you know, it's when we were 16th in October and things were looking bleak, I think it's fair yeah. to say, in that away end at Gillingham. Um, I think it's important just to think if someone offered us playoffs, we would just snap their hand off there and then, wouldn't we? Um, well, even even though in in was it was it our start of August, we said like if we got playoffs, we'd be over the moon. Like even yeah. without the Alexander 
shenanigans that happened. Like we said, we'd be over the moon with like seventh. But like you know, even over even over the Christmas period, we had that th- those three wins out of four, I think. And a lot of people were kind of, oh, you know, oh yeah, but that was awful against Doncaster. What the hell's going on? And then oh, we only just scraped past Crawley and things like that. But actually, it was almost from that point where we actually then got into the playoffs. I don't even think we were in the playoffs until that point, were we? Yeah, I don't think so. No, I think that was one that just basically put us on the verge of the playoffs and. What we've since seen is that we've now re- cemented our playoff. You know, I think it's ten or eleven points or something into the playoffs. So you know, we've got a really strong position in that regard. Um, and yeah, it's just it's almost yeah unbelievable because I, I think um, I was listening to I listened to a couple of you know EFL podcasts and not the top twenty. They mentioned about how Wrexham, Stockport, and um, Mansfield was their pick for autos and they just said it's just you just can't the only way you can see any anyone coming in is if there's a drop-off and then they said you know MK have been in great form but actually just because of the points gap it's it's going to take a drop-off from someone else for them to you know and and us to continue our amazing form for anything to happen so um yeah it's um let's just I'm along for the ride and where <laughs> Yeah, no. Every every single game is huge. Uh, I think there's just what there's twelve games left, and obviously it starts with AFC on Saturday. Probably one of the, honestly, one of the harder ones left. To be honest, obviously it's I think in terms of the table, the what the thirteenth in the league, so not exactly like the likes of Stockport or Crew, or even Mansfield who play on Tuesday night. But you know, I think obviously everyone knows the background to this game and how how big of a rivalry it is. And you know, I think a certain fan base say it's not. It absolutely is, and I think they'll. They'll prove that fact on Saturday, but obviously it's a twelve thirty game and it's sold out away end. So I think you know, obviously we took a lot, we took a lot more last time, but sell out the away end again in League Two is again a, a really good achievement from our side of things, and it should make um, a really lively atmosphere. I suppose the main thing, Joe, is obviously we played we played these lot quite recently. Um, quite frankly, we battered them. So what's going to be the main difference they're going to take into this game compared to the last one? Um, well, they might have a centre back pairing in this game. Um, <laughs> I think it, it is, it is, you know, it is one thing that we just need to remember that they were pretty much patched up at the back there, um, and so that is one thing to remember. They've also got back a couple of key players. Um, they did. Um, they have actually sold Al Hamadi, who I think we both pretty much thought as we were both basically absolutely delighted he wasn't be, wouldn't be playing in the original yeah. figure because he is a fantastic player. Um, he's moved on to Ipswich, um, but they've got Omar Bugle back, who's, you know, somewhat of a target man, but also just very good at what he does, very good in the box. Um, and then they've brought in a lively youngster. Well, I don't know if he's young, but um, they've brought in a lively striker from the National League in, I, th- I think his name might be y- Kelly, Josh Kelly, I think it may be from Solihull. Um, but by all accounts, he's an absolute bundle of energy and, um, Sounds like him and Bugle could, they've got a bit of, um, you know, quite a good sort of um, set of skills that they share together. Um, and I think as well, there's going to be a massive element of a pride for, for AFC Wimbledon, especially, you know, on their own patch and after how the last game ended. So, you know, if anything, I think that, yeah, it's, it's, as, it's as hard, if not uh, uh, tougher than um, Tuesday's fixture away to Mansfield, to be quite honest with you. 
Yeah, yeah. I think personally they're going to just try and rough us, up, rough us up a little bit. Like I did, to be fair, a couple of seasons ago, actually, in the 1-1 game, I think. Obviously, it's their, it's their patch, um, at least in Merton anyway. Um, and, you know, they're going to want to try and make sure that they're sort of laying their marker. They actually mentioned, Joe, they're not going to want to embar- be embarrassed, especially at their own stadium. Um, so I reckon there'll be a lot of physical, very, very physical towards the start of the game. I reckon they're going to try and press a fair bit between that front line, a bit like we do to other teams, um, try and catch us out on our possession play. And then, yeah, obviously, this really utilised those set pieces. I think they've obviously got a, they're probably going to, again, have a much taller team than we were in terms of actual personnel. So, yeah, just trying to, again, not not really try and play through us, but almost just bully us off the ball and try and, and, try and wear us down a little bit. But obviously, you know, I think we've seen teams trying to do that to us this season and we've played them off the park at times. So it's just make, making sure the case that, I'm sure that Mike Williamson is doing that and the rest of the lads in terms of getting these guys prepared. And obviously, obviously his first experience as an away game um, at AFC and the most of the lads' first experiences as well. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one for sure. Okay, well, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, bit of a shorter one this week, as you can imagine, after the Wrexham debacle. Um, a bit less to talk about this week, but obviously we're back next week to review the AFC game and the Mansfield game. Hopefully we come back from both those away trips with six points and um, we're looking at a really rich competition. Four, just quickly. Well, I take Would four? take four? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd I take personally, four. Personally, if, if, if you offered me four right now, I would I would snap your hand off, to be quite mm. honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, and to be fair, obviously, I prefer to be AOC and draw a Mansfield if I was going to get the four in a particular way. But um, yeah, getting four points to be an absolute result, I think. It really right, would. And... Here we go. Scenario for you. We score three points over the next two games. What order are you taking it? Oh, that's, <laughs> such, a, that's such a shit question to ask. Um... Should we leave? that to a list to the listeners maybe <laughs> yeah I, yeah go on then yeah i mean i would give our answers i guess I, I mean i have to say afc i can't not say afc yeah um i, oh, I couldn't no, I couldn't doubt, think. no doubt the man no doubt beating mansfield and taking three points off them would be more beneficial however you can't not say <laughs> afc can you? no no I, I generally don't think you can i think going to their place like obviously it's already an early game so we're gonna have limited drinking as it is and then losing there would be absolutely brutal anyway yeah you let you guys let us know what you reckon would you rather if you had to you have to lose one game and win one game out of these next two would it be afc you win or mansfield you win i think i know your answer but let us know anyway um i'll whack it as a poll on spotify actually to see if you guys can um answer that for us but as mentioned yeah hopefully see you on saturday and maybe tuesday who knows um but yeah hopefully you get six points on the board not three not four but hopefully six um and until next week come on you dons away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.